Hey everybody, welcome to the Easy Podcast. This is Zach and this is Eric. Wow. We were right on it on that one. Thank you guys for listening. This is episode three of the Easy Podcast. Well, we are a couple weeks behind. Yes, we're going to get to that. Why are we a couple weeks behind, Eric? Uh, well, that's a good question, Zach. Why are we behind? We're behind because we've been traveling and working, doing production. Yeah. Filming, like what we should be doing. Yes. So the, the, the risk of this podcast is that we are both in the industry. And so that sometimes means that we have to delay the podcast for work. So I've been in production on a narrative series for the last week. Um, that's been keeping my time. But before that, Eric and I were with a group of people in the southeast uh, visiting a couple of uh, big churches down there that are doing production on a high level and videos on a high level and just kind of picking their brains and seeing, you know, kind of what makes them makes them tick and what works for them. All so right, let's, let's be honest. We were really on a barbecue tour. <laughs> we had a lot of barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of barbecue. From the ATL to North oh Carolina, my gosh, it was a barbecue tour. Yeah, and it's a different kind of barbecue. It, it is. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever had Southeast barbecue. I've heard the argument. Now living in Texas for five years in Austin and experiencing blacks and, and yeah Franklins and that whole thing. Um, there, you know, there's the there's the argument of who does it better. And there's three places that that are in that argument. Texas. Texas, Carolina, North Carolina. Yep. And Kansas City. Kansas City. Which you would not think Kansas City in this argument, but it's been this huge just swell of barbecue meccas the last 10, 15 years for sure. For sure. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting about it was it was um, North Carolina's a lot less spicy barbecue than I was expecting. Did you not get the habanero? The, oh, the pineapple the, habanero? The peach, the peach. Peach habanero. No, I didn't. Was uh, it, was it, would it kick? Oh, uh, you missed it. I missed it. it. Oh, Bro. man. All right. Well, I guess we have to go back then. It yeah. Was, it was, it was the perfect balance of sweet and spicy. Uh, yeah. It, like, it wasn't like habanero off the charts. Right. Back, which, you know, it's a habanero, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to pay for that later. Yeah. It wasn't that. All right. Well, if you're visiting North Carolina or South Carolina, I'm sure they've got it too. City uh, Barbecue. City Barbecue, which yeah. I think is a chain, but it was pretty good for a chain. It was. So, um, yeah, hit that up and get some uh, peach habanero sauce with your barbecue. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been? What have you been? What have you been doing? You've been watching anything? Well, um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I'm following, you know, I'm always YouTube is my first platform. Yeah. To watch stuff, primarily because I'm learning stuff. Like I, I, I oh, love, it's a great resource. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Sitting down, it's hard for me to sit down and unplug at home when I can get on YouTube and and absorb some, find out some new tips and tricks. Yeah. Find out some new editing hacks or how people are doing different things and utilizing new technology and, and new gear that's coming out and stuff to that effect. So. Um, and you I, get you got what Vid Summit coming up? Yeah. Yeah. The Vid Summit in, in a little under two weeks, and so I've been. Spending time doing like this little 15 reasons to in 15 days ahead of Vid Summit, so it keeps me in the practice of editing. And yeah, that that's cool. Thing. And I, I what I, what day are you on now? Um, well, I I missed yesterday because I, you know, doing the live broadcasts and everything. Oh right, when I got yeah. home. It was 10 o'clock, and I was I'm like I just need to rest, so I'm doing two today. 
All right. Um, but uh, so day five and six. Day five and six yeah. in one day. There's a lot of elements to VidSummit that I'm excited about. Obviously, learning more about the YouTube platform, learning about the algorithm, how to really be successful on that platform for um, for multiple reasons. Um, but even from a work standpoint, doing the broadcasting, they have some live broadcast um, tracks that I'm gonna that I'm excited. Some about. like breakout sessions and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. So uh, it's it's not just personal, but it's it's, there's a lot of work elements to it that I'm excited about learning. I mean, it's just going to be drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, yeah, days. right. You meet anybody there? Uh, yeah. Um, there's a couple of the YouTubers that I follow, actually, I've reached out to, and we've got some collabs in the works. So cool, I'm man. really excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been watching the show Maniac on Netflix. I've heard about this. Yes. Um, I think I think my wife and I are four episodes in now and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and I can't tell if I love it or hate it yet. I'm pretty sure I love it though. How many how many There's uh, 10 episodes how total. Many episodes are you in? Four. You're in the, you're in number 4. Yeah. It, you know, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone who are great in their own regard. And then they're both in this, and then it's directed by Carrie, and I'm going to say his name wrong, Fukunaga, who did the first season of True Detective on HBO, um, Beasts of No Nation, and then he's also going to be the new director of the next James Bond movie. Uh, Yeah. So that's really interesting. But it's, it's in like this alternate reality 1970s, I think. I think. I, I mean, I'm only four in, so I don't know if they really revealed that, but there's like modern cars in some of it, but like all the, the graphics and the computers and stuff that they're using are straight out of like the seventies and eighties, but it's really good, man. Um, you should check it out if you get some time. It's shot on the, uh, the Panavision DXL, which is this hybrid camera that Panavision red and, um, this color grading company called light and iron. I believe it's light and iron. Uh, got together and they all made a camera together. So it's got this light and iron science, color science to it, but the red 8K sensor, but then the Panavision body and all this. Mm. It's a cool looking show. The color grade on it's really cool. Um, I, yeah, I've been I've been really impressed with it so far. So I'm interested to see where it's going to go. Yeah, I'm, I, it's definitely on my list. I saw I, I saw that pop up in my feed. I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to watch that. Yeah. But what I have been watching. I'm gonna have to confess. Oh no! By by osmosis, I've been watching to all the boys I've loved before. <laughs> okay, all not, right. Explain not, yourself. Yeah, how did how did this happen? My 11 year old daughter and my wife have been watching this, and um, it's directed by Susan Johnson, starring Lana Condor, Noah Centeno, and um, Israel Bussard. And you know, it's like the teen heartthrob. It's it's like today's John Hughes. Oh, okay. So, so it's a little dramedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a. I don't know if I should talk too much more about it because. Because <laughs> you don't. It sound like I really. Is you're into it? Sitting down and watching. They have watched it two or three times in the last week. Wow, <laughs> two or three times, like episodes. Yeah, and yeah. so you know they're watching it, and I'm in the kitchen making a sandwich, and so I, I I'm like, hey, what are they watching? And yeah. There it is. Yeah, so I can probably talk a little bit more well, about it than I care to. I've got I've got one of those that I can talk about so that you're not in the boat alone. Uh, I watched the first season of uh, Riverdale. Uh, okay. 
and it's the it's the Archie TV series that's okay. on CW or whatever, okay. but it's like a modern version with like a murder mystery Wait, tied so, to it. So your dogs were watching that? Yeah, my dogs were watching Riverdale, <laughs> and um, no. I have to say this. Home, yeah, like, it was, you know, I was like, hey, what are you watching? Uh, I guess I'll sit down. No, it, it, we... we Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was not osmosis. It was planned. Uh, but here's why. It's one of the best looking shows I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, the color grade on it is just amazing. So okay. you, you have to check it out. You can watch it with the volume off, but at least <laughs> at least check out the first <laughs> season. The yeah, just watch the... You don't need to, see, you don't need to hear it. <laughs> Just watch it. Yeah. It's it's really great the way that they use color throughout it, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of play with the color, and I think it's it's actually really clever storytelling through color right. and and characters and stuff like that. So, so the visuals are good. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty strong visual show, I think. So, yeah. um, which that brings us to kind of our main topic. We wanted to we wanted to kind of get together real quick and do not so much a episode on talking about a movie, but talking about some gear. And um, I'm on this narrative shoot, like I mentioned earlier, and I'm using uh, a couple pieces of gear that I've only just recently started using quite a bit. And one of them is um, the Quasar Science Q LED lights. And these are basically kind of like KinoFlow tubes, but mm -hmm. they're LED and they've got a really nice soft output to them. And you can get, I mean, you, they're, they're like $260. They're right. so cheap. Yeah. Um, and the ones that we have are dimmable and by color. So you can go all the way from, I think, uh, I think it's 2000 Kelvin all the way up to 6,500 Kelvin. Yeah. Yep. So it's pretty awesome. They're flicker free. Um, and they don't weigh a whole lot. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned the chemo thing because there, there's, there's a, there's a Reddit thread and, and a bunch of YouTube videos about retrofitting the keynote. Yeah. I've seen people do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, they're using the barn doors and, and, and all the housings and stuff from the mm -hmm. Kinos. But, um, man, I, I really like these lights. I've been lighting almost exclusively in this narrative series with them. We have, um, I think we have six four-footers and then one two-footer. And we've kind of been using the two-footer sparingly. But these six-footers, I mean, I, I just, I was lighting a house party scene. And we, we had two two-footers set to, I mean, it was probably like 2,500 Kelvin. So they were real warm. And they were they were our key in this house, and we had a few other colored LEDs around the house to kind of give like a, that party vibe. But for the most part, we were just moving these two quasar tubes around as our key the whole night with the sheet of diffusion in front of it, um, about three feet away from the light, and it was just giving a great natural look to everything that we were doing. And then it was like, okay, well, we got to go and shoot this other section um, that's just supposed to be just house lights. Okay, change the Kelvin and roll. Like, it was yeah. so nice. You're not messing with CTO, CTB, which yeah. um, if you're unfamiliar, if you're unfamiliar with CTO and CTB, it's color, color temperature orange, color temperature blue. Um, you put them on lights to, to make them different. Yep. CRI. But I've really liked them. Um, CRI has nothing to do with gels, man. Don't quit throwing out <laughs> letters. I, I caught that. Don't. Yeah. It makes me, I mean, it makes me sound smart when I call you out. I don't know about you, man, but it's been good. Um, these lights are awesome. Um, the output is pretty good. I mean, I, I said I'd use two of them. They're not like a one K equivalent really. Yeah. Um, you do have to get a few of them to get it. Cause we're, we were shooting pretty much exclusively at, um, a 2000 ISO. Um, we're shooting with the FS fives. 
So we're at a 2000 ISO and our f-stop is around 2.8 on most of the stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, we're not fully stopped stopped open, but um, yeah, I've just been really impressed with them and they're easy to just put wherever you need them. Yeah. They hug the wall. Um, you can make them horizontal or vertical and, you know, yeah, stack you them as many as you want. Yeah, they're light enough you could yeah. do it. So, um, yeah, they've been really cool. Um, the, so, yeah, that was it. That was my first question, which you did mention, is you were, like, three feet from, from subject on your teeing on that. And we we that primary, No, primary we were – um, Yeah, I mean, we had them dimmed down. We, didn't, we never had them both at full 100 in the house. It was gotcha. just, just too much. So you, yeah. we, we dimmed them down a little bit. But we had the sheet of – we had the we had a, a diffusion rag, basically – about three feet away from the light, but then we never had talent anywhere closer than maybe seven feet. So you had a really nice soft fall off on all that light. That? I think I've got some. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I really like these lights. There's just a couple things that kind of irk me about them. Um, and I know it's complaining about, you know, a free car basically, but <laughs> because these, because the CRI is so high and so, I mean, it's, they're just they're such a great light and mm-hmm. the TLCI. So if you if you if you're unfamiliar with what CRI is or if you you're YouTubing videos like LED shootout, yeah, CRI means color rendering index and TLCI, which is kind of being used more so now because it's a more accurate representation of uh, a color chart um, or a color um, measurement, I guess you could say, is television lighting consistency index is the TLCI and it's basically just the measurement of the ability of the light to accurately portray colors compared to an ideal or or natural light source. So you're comparing it to an original tungsten or, or a fluorescent or or your sun, you know, just anything that looks correct to the sensors and to your, to your eye. Sure. Yeah. So funny side note, having this discussion with some of the production people here at work and, yeah and, and they're so hypersensitive to light color oh yeah that, that they've gone through their entire house and made sure that all the lighting in every room oh. is the same temperature that's me you just <laughs> described me yeah i went through and i replaced all of my lights in my house with LED mm-hmm. and they're all balanced to, I think it's like 3,600, uh-huh. every single one of them. And they're all dimmable because yeah. you better believe if I got to film something in my house, I want full control of it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't stand it. Yeah. The only, the only place that I have any sort of daylight or fluorescent is in the bathrooms on the mirrors because it's the daylight is the best for makeup. Uh, so yeah. You're looking out for your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to the uh, back to the quasars though, and you know these are really great lights. I've only got a few complaints, and the first one is the power cable. It's like six inches long, <laughs> and it's not it's not great. You know, there's there's a joke in there somewhere yeah. and, that I'm not going to repeat, nah. but uh, it, it right it's there. so short. Mm-hmm. It, and I feel like I have to walk around with a stinger connected to it at, at all times. Which is fine, but come on, guys! Like, give me a six-foot cable attached to this four-foot light, at least. Right, because it's dangling. Like, right, if you're if you're putting this up on a C stand, right? Yeah, clamping up. Yeah, you've got this awkward plug that's 
like right off of the well it's all the way at the end of the light and so like okay you want to make that line and that stinger nice and neat and yeah it it just makes it really hard it's it's been hard too because we've been trying to put dimmers and stuff on them right and so then the dimmer's just hanging there and and it's just like how's it gonna fall out is the weight of that too much and then you're questioning it you know um that that's such a small complaint but still like just put a six foot cable on there yeah just do it man that was my first thing yeah. too. You, the first time I use it, I'm like, it would be really nice to have like a, a six foot lead on this. I know. On this cable. Yeah. And and earlier, I I'll go back to that because I I mentioned the dimmer. Um, they're not they're not in unit dimmer dimmable. They're dimmable, but they don't have dimmers in the actual unit themselves. You have to attach it. Right. Uh, it's just the temperature. Yeah. Um. So then my next complaint is going to be the battery option, and there isn't one. So there's not a way to go like to a V mount or a gold mount oh, on yeah. these. Um, it's just an Edison. They do sell a, um, a lithium ion version, but it's internal battery only. And so you can't, and again, you cannot connect it to an external battery source. So once that light's dead, you, you got to plug it in. It. Yeah. So I would like to see just, you know, give me a six foot cable and then give me also maybe a D a D tap or something. Yeah. That goes from that all the way, you know, another four foot cable for that. But I mean, it's those are two really small complaints for how how good of a light this is. Well, yeah, especially so. I have a top ten list of why. Let's hear it. Number four. Number four was portability and durability. Yes. They're extremely portable. Yeah, we've been throwing them around everywhere too. Durable. Yeah. You don't have to worry about glass breaking. Yeah, they have a plastic housing that mm-hmm. is a really nice diffusion when it when it's when it's on. So I really like that. Yep. So. Uh, Give me number three. Number three. It's safer. Than. It's it's safer just in general. Why? Because it doesn't get hot, so you're not going to get burned. I'm actually I'm actually gonna uh, oh. I'm gonna clap back on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These get really hot. Really. Yeah. Um, for, Maybe uh, I haven't used it long enough. Yeah, um, we we had a couple of scenes where we needed it to be at a hundred, and we had the two footer, and we were using it as um, as a overhead light uh-huh. to represent like a patio light, and we had that two footer at a hundred percent. And for how long? Uh, f- probably probably forty five minutes. Okay. Okay. And we, we it was hot to touch because the the way the housing is, it's plastic on the front, and then it's a metal sheathing on the back. Right. And I mean, it was hot. It was really hot. So, the, so, so the back was hot. yeah. The back metal pieces is hot. Yeah, so you can still get burned on it. I you know I don't know about yeah. burned. It's not like grabbing a tungsten. Right. You yeah. know, you're not grabbing an area and, yeah, and then then like yeah. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to hold it, but at the same time, yeah, it's nowhere near like yeah. what it used to be. Exactly. But it was just really surprising because we have these other one by one LEDs that I'm not a huge fan of, but they don't get very hot at all. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see um, on a long period of time, the two footer, I don't know if maybe the two footer just doesn't have enough room for air circulation in it because it's a smaller unit. Right. It just got, it got really it hot. Is it dissipated over a longer space? Right. Like yeah. That, yeah. So. Now that's interesting because my experience, I've only used them for maybe 10 or 15 minutes at the most at, at one time. And it's rare that we have them at a hundred percent intensity also. So. But that's good to know. Yeah, so be careful out there, kids. <laughs> All right, number seven. Number seven was the dimming capability. Yes, yeah. it is really nice to have that. Yeah, I mean, it just you get a nice even um, light 
on that, Dan. Okay, 10. Number 10 was zero UV emission. Ah, this is a big one, actually. Yeah. This has been really good for, and it goes. this goes back to the CRI stuff, because it's not frying, you know, not in the literal sense, but frying our camera sensors. Yeah. It's appealing to skin tones mm-hmm. and everything like that. I, yeah, I really, I really like this. Yeah. All right, number two. Number two, with two to four times the lifespan of fluorescent, the metal halide, or sodium vapor. 40 times the lifespan of an incandescent. So 40 times. That's significant. It is. I mean, when you're, especially if you're thinking about budget. Right. right? So budget yeah. is a huge line item when you're doing production. And if you're going to get 40 times the use out of the light going this route versus the other, that, that line item alone is enough to justify whatever the price is. Yeah. It's also been good to, talking about line items, it's been good to not have to have, you know, bring out separate diffusion every single time we need these. There is, yeah. there is other times that we do want to make it softer, but for the most part, if you get it far enough away, um, it, it's a pretty soft image, so that's been really good. Okay, what's number nine? Um, let's see. So number nine is it works, works well in varying environments, meaning... That, that light's going to work well when it's when it's cold. Yes. Like sub 32 degrees, yeah. like it's below freezing. The light's still going to work I, well. I guess if I should, yeah. It's 110 out yeah. in the desert where we live. Right. Which we just did this amazing shoot last week. That's true. On the, for the yeah, we did a few music videos out out in the desert, and um, we had six of these on, on light poles just just out there for four and a half hours at a hundred percent, I think. Yeah, and just yeah, they didn't give us any issues. It had rained earlier that day too. And super yeah, it was, it was gnarly. That was a really rough condition. I guess I should have prefaced my earlier comment about it getting warm that I was shooting outside with it. Um, in Arizona at 105 degrees. So that could have had something to do with it. <laughs> Maybe a little, Maybe a little bit, yeah. but you just, yeah, just one of those things. Yep. Okay. Number six. Number six, 180 degree directional spread versus 360. Yeah, this is actually a, a big one to me because I don't always want the light bouncing off of the wall. Um, I want it pretty directional for the most part. Yeah. Now, this is not a directional light by any means. Right. Um, it's a it's it's definitely more of a flood than a spot. Mm-hmm. But man, yeah, it's it's really good to not have to worry about spillover. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out anywhere that you don't really want it. So that, yeah, good, good note. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. the control, controlling that, it's easier. Yeah, I don't have to bring out extra flags and stuff for the lights. Yeah, yeah it's it's yep. really good. Yep. All right, number eight. Number eight, it's environmentally safe, right? You get a fluorescent and that thing breaks. Yeah, or you, you know, mercury everywhere. You, you get, yeah. They still have mercury in them, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't perhaps. know, but anyways. It's stuff that's not good Stuff that's not good for you, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, environmentally safe, the carbon footprint, the lower power that it uses, which kind of goes into number one. So well, don't spoil it, man. Hang on, we got one left before that. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, envir- environmentalists love this light. Yeah, we, we were running off of, I think, three outlets for the music video shoot, and we had six of these and... A bunch of LED um, yeah, bulbs, balls. China balls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's great. I mean, we, we were barely pulling any power out of that at all. So yeah. it was a really, it, it's an impressive time that we live in with LED. I just love it. It's yeah. great. We didn't really need the two big 
power generators that we, we had. No, but we had them just in case yeah. we needed them. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Number five. <laughs> Number five, CRI, Color Rendering Index, and CCT, the Correlating Color Temperature. Yes, we already talked Which about that. You, yeah, you covered so now here we go eric thurston's number one reason to use the quasar science q led what is it 90 percent nine zero percent less power lower cost i mean lo lower cost in power consumption lower cost yep. in setup because of the, the less power needed. Yep. I mean, and it's cheaper than an Airy 150 if you were to buy it outright. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good reasons to get this. If you guys don't have a couple of these in your arsenal, um, just order them. Yeah. Just just budget it in for the next production just to order them. Don't don't rent them. Buy them. They're worth having around. I mean, we just sure. we have six of them in the van now. We just we pull them out every every time we can. Yeah. Because so, your rental costs. Just roll that over into yeah. Into, you'll rent it a couple of times and it's going to pay for itself. Right, they're just too cheap. Yeah. yeah, they're too yeah. cheap. And so they come in at I think one foot, two foot, four foot, and then eight foot ones, which I kind of want to get my hands on some eight foot ones. So that's interesting that you bring up the eight foot ones because I'd spent some time digging into uh, features that have used these LED tubes. Now they didn't specify whether or not they used the quasars or if it was another competitor, but Tron Legacy. Okay, yep. Skyfall. Yep. And one of your favorites, Blade Runner. 2049. I knew that was going to be on the yep. list. Yep. yep, that's a movie that screams LED yep. bars, all that. Yep. They were probably um, oh, this, uh, what's it called? Astra LED. That's a right. pretty big brand. Yep. Um, they have RGB ones. Again, Quasar has RGB ones also. Um, but we, yeah, we just don't, I don't have any experience with them yet. But yeah, the Astra LEDs are, are pretty awesome too. You can control them with your phone. And I think maybe the Quasar L, uh, RGBs are also controllable with the phone. But yeah, I saw, a, I saw an app or a video about an app for that. Yeah. Um, and then Digital Sputnik also has the right. Voyager. Digital Sputnik was another one. Yeah. Digital Sputnik's huge. I mean, those, those DS1s and DS6s, which are basically just six DS1s put together, are they're being used on everything now. Yeah. Um, I think I even saw them in, like, as a prop for the the Glass movie, the M Night Shyamalan oh, yeah. movie that's coming out. Yeah, uh, they're actually they're using them as a prop in that, so they're just they're on camera. Yeah, yeah they're really cool looking lights. Well, in, in music videos, they're they're popping yep. up like they're the hot. These are the hot thing right now. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely huge right now. TV productions, big. I, I've seen them on these big. Um, Award show productions, yep. as well as they're being used in live settings and concerts and stuff to that effect. So, um, yeah, there's a there's a there's many uses creatively and practically for these. Yeah, the thing that I've really liked go go follow Quasar's Instagram um, because they they'll, they're posting stuff all the time on, on their story and even in just regular posts that. It's just blowing my mind how people are shaping these these lights. Like they're putting them in triangles and weird mm -hmm. zigzag shapes and all this stuff. And yeah, they're really cool. So yeah, go and check these lights out. Um, I can't recommend them enough. They're they're awesome. They're super versatile. Um, I was lighting a, a whole hallway uh, in a high school with them yesterday. So yeah, I saw I saw a little bit of that that footage that you showed me. And it was yeah, man, it was it's cool. They're really cool. But uh, that brings me to the next thing that makes my current latest footage butter. 
and Eric is holding them right now. Oh, that that came out wrong. Eric, let me let me let me clarify. Eric is holding a lens filter. Yes. What is this lens filter called, Eric? It's the Tiffin Black Pro Mist. Yeah. And it's got little black specks in it, which you're like, wait, why would I want to put black? What? Yeah. So Tiffin came out with these. I, uh, I should have done some more research. I'm not really for sure if they were the first ones to come out with them or not um, in the in the black Promist version. Um, Promist has been around for a really long time. And I think I think since like the 80s. And they started off as like uh, matte box filters and, mm-hmm. and filters that you put in front of your lens for, for, for beauty photography and stuff. Basically what they do is they have... Um, it's a little bit of like a, a murkiness to it. So they bloom out the highlights and it just softens the image just enough to where it's a little more cinematic mm-hmm. and less sharp. Cause the, you know, the big issue that we have right now is that 4k looks great and it's digital, yeah. but it looks a little too good. Right. You see all the details that you never see yeah. naturally. With yeah. Eye. So, you know, th- with this, with this narrative series that I'm working on, um, I knew I was going to be working with actual high schoolers. And they've got, you know, it's high school skin. Skin is not going to be perfect. Um, I knew we didn't have a onset makeup artist every day. So I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grab these. I've seen some really cool stuff with them. And dude, I've been blown away with these. The, the image difference going from just straight through the camera, through a lens, and then putting these on there is it's a night and day difference. Well, and you're using Napa five mark. One and two. Yep, both of them. And what lens were you using? So I've been on I've been on primes this whole time. So I've been trying to shoot the whole project on um, some Rokinon Cine DSs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so mostly the thirty-five and the fifty millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really liked them though. The, I, I hopefully I can put up some some examples of what I've shot. I, this project hasn't been. Completed yet, so I'm not sure if by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll be able to see any of it yet. But uh, maybe a frame grab or something. Yeah, I can try and grab something. Yeah, I can try and grab something from it. Um, but I've been color grading just some dailies, and man, I yeah, it's it's just such a huge difference, and it really really sells the the look that we're going for and everything. Because I'm sure there's many people out there that are listening that are they're like, well, what. Why spend the money on the filter and, and get it in camera when I can replicate this, a similar vibe in post? Yeah, and, that, and that's actually a really good point because I didn't have these the first day that we were shooting. We were shooting um, shooting a bedroom scene, and I knew that I wasn't going to have these for that shoot. They weren't going to come in in time, and so I started looking through the Internet on some forums and stuff to see if you could replicate the look in post. And I came across um, a Creative Cow article, and they're they're pretty great for um, post production articles and, and forum posts and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it is possible to replicate close enough to where it would match the rest of my footage in post. But there, there's just something about naturally grabbing that those highlights and that bloom and that softness before it's put onto a memory card. Yep. Um, you know, because once it's on a memory card, that's the only data that you have, right. you know, and it's hard to, you don't, you don't have a hundred percent, I mean, really a hundred percent of the data in post-production as you do, as it's coming into the camera. 
So I really like getting the organicness and the naturalness of using the filters on set as opposed to in post-production. That being said, I got a really good post-production look out of this um, to, to match the rest of the stuff. So it is doable. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of a, that's a, that's an industry joke, right? I mean, I even have a T-shirt that says yeah. "Keep calm, also didn't post." Right. Um, but even even in not just in film but in photography as well, like that's a big thing. That whole philosophy of of uh, you know, I'll I'll shoot raw or I'll shoot you know S log or I'll mm-hmm. shoot flat profile, and and I'll do my magic in post. Whereas if you if you spend the time to shoot it right on the front end, yeah, right? Like if you spend the time to tweak the light, spend the time to get your right exposure, spend the time to get to dial it all in using yep. filters, using whatever that you need to use, that's going to save you a ton of post-production. Yeah, because the back end is a lot more expensive than the front end. Sure. Especially in timing because we were, you know, we were on set for – I think it was four days and uh, 14, maybe 15 hours each day. And, you know, the, the editing on that's going to take three times that much long, mm-hmm. you know, that much time. So it was really important for me. And I knew the look that I wanted going into it to just get that look. Um, you know, the crew was on board with it. Um, director was on board with it. So it was it was really important for me to say, hey, this is, you know, this is the look I want to go with and then sticking to that look. And then, um, you know, in post, you're, you're stuck with it, sure, but that's that was the look I wanted, right. you know, that was the intent yeah. from the beginning. that was the intent right. from the beginning. And, yeah. and we were all, we were all for it. And I think it, I think it looks just killer. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but it, it's just, a, it was really good. It was a really good exercise on this and, um, a really good first experience with these lenses. I think I'm going to buy some more. So yeah, these filters come in different intensities. So I, I watched some videos on YouTube. Here we go again. And um, the, there wasn't a whole lot of examples online of um, like the lower ones, like the one eighth and the one fourth intensity. Um, There's a lot of ones and twos. The two was to me way too extreme. Mm-hmm. It was it was blooming out just any sort of light that hit it. It just looked like you had Vaseline smeared all over the front of the lens, which is a common a thing that people. That's a yeah, right? it is. And it is actually a technique. Um, not a whole lot of people, I don't think a whole lot of people do it anymore, but these filters are kind of replacing that. But, um, so I wanted to kind of play it safe to where I knew if I needed to up it, I could up it in post, especially after my first test run. Um, and so I got these filters in a one eighth and a one fourth and I ended up falling in love with the one fourth. So the one fourth is the one that I've used almost exclusively on, on every single shot. Um, and you're saying the one half is too, is too much. Well, I didn't. I couldn't find anything about the one half online. Really, nobody. Nobody really had any examples. Mostly, they were one fourth and then one and two. Mm-hmm. I think it even comes in a three, which seems just insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you were doing like a dream sequence or something, maybe that would make oh, yeah. sense. But, um, but the one fourth seems about right. Um, now there was one point though where we were filming in the the school that we were in a high school and they had fluorescent lights in the ceiling that we were matching everything to we were filming a gimbal of the student walking in the hallways and the overhead fluorescent lighting that was built into the building it was ballooning too much around his head so we switched to the one eighth on that um and it, it, it was perfect so it was good to have the 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 two options available but it was it was a little annoying kind of if we switched to another lens i had to switch the filter from the previous lens right. back onto the new one so i need to buy just like six of them and just they live once once production starts they just live on a lens yeah. 
But um, I bought the um, the, the screw ons mm-hmm. for seventy seven millimeter. Most of our lenses are seventy sevens, and it has a step down ring to uh, seventy two if it needs to. Um, but yeah, the, these were awesome. I get get some. They're like a hundred bucks, I think, um, just for one. Get it, test it. If you don't like it, send it back. Amazon. That's where I got it. I got same same day shipping. And then, yeah, at me, yeah, at the easy podcast and say, these sucked, man. What were you talking about? No, I think you'll like them. I think you'll like them. These, they're, they're really fun and they give you, um, I think a more, a more filmic look for sure. Yeah. And these, again, just so you know, the Tiffin Black Pro Mist in the one fourth and one eighth. Yeah. These are cool. Yeah, I think these filters are awesome, and I think filtration in general is awesome. I mean, I think you need to, if you're going to be doing any sort of filmmaking, even photography, um, get filters, whether that's indie or some sort of an effect filter like I'm talking about. Um, get them, use them, because they're, they're such a huge benefit to everything that we're doing, and they give such a cool look, especially these Black Pro Mists. So check them out. All right, we're going to end the show. All right. This is it. That's it. Nah, it's a short and sweet one. Uh, yeah, we just wanted to talk about that, kind of give you an update. I mean, it's going to be short by the time I edit it down. Yeah. yeah, we just wanted to give a quick update on kind of where we were, what was going on, why we didn't have an episode last week, uh, why we didn't go see Crazy Rich Asians, and we still haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. and Eric's getting some flack for that. But yeah, because my wife is a crazy rich Asian. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this week is Venom. Yes. You look really excited about that. Yeah, I don't want to see. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, an, I saw, an, I saw another. I saw a clip. I saw a clip. <laughs> I, I saw a clip where he he grabbed a police officer, like a SWAT, like a SWAT police officer. Yeah, and, and then used him used by the foot to knock people around, kind of like Hulk smash. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Here's here's my fundament, fundamental problem with Venom. But that was Here's my first Marvel. He's a Marvel villain. Who? Venom? Venom. Is sure. Here. Here's my here's my problem with this iteration of Venom. Mm-hmm. And and it goes back to the Tobey Maguire Venom also. Sony. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't at me, Sony. You guys don't know what you're doing. Um no. My problem with Venom is that it's not R and it's it it's PG thirteen. Is it really? Yeah. So I did not notice the that. whole time that he's the whole time he's really. ripping into those police officers, I, I was totally expecting him to just bite somebody's head off or rip a dude in half. Never happened. For sure. Yeah, because that's what he would do in the comics. Yeah, he's crazy. Absolutely. Here's the other thing that bothers me about it. But there's wait. there's no Spider Man. Venom does not exist without Spider Man. So how are you going to have a Venom movie without Spider-Man? He doesn't even have the Spider-Man, like, the Venom logo on his chest because this is in a different universe. Well, yeah, because it's the symbiote. Like, the, the whole how he gets to that point is a little... But the symbiote goes to Spider-Man first. Sure. Like, that's the whole the yeah, whole thing. Right, and then exactly. Eddie Brock... This is how come Venom has all the Spider-Man... Yeah, like, I don't like it. It's whatever, man. I guess I have to see it, but yeah. I know I'm, 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 listeners are really excited for me to talk about Venom, I'm sure. 
No, fair enough. That, that's fair. I did yeah. not realize that the rating was a PG-13. It's PG-13. I did not. Which in this, in this universe of, of, I mean, not cinematic universe, but in this world that we live in now yeah. where Deadpool and Deadpool 2 are coming out, yeah. and there are, right. and they're making money, right. there is zero reason for right. the Venom movie to not be R to get that character done correctly. Well, and so let's unpack that just a tad. Yep. Deadpool was done by who? Fox, which we go back to our last episode where R.I.P. Fox. Uh-huh. But, and Fox has not been afraid to do that in the past. No. Where Sony is like walked that line very delicately. Yeah. And I don't think. Traditionally. Yeah. I don't think Sony's had a whole lot of uh, hard R anything. I mean, I'm, they have some comedy movies that are, that are R. I'm sure I can't. None of them come to mind right now that are any good. But, uh, uh, you know. Uh, they've done it. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm I'm being very melodramatic dramatic about Sony, but sure. I, yeah, I I have an issue with them. They, they've 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 messed up quite a few things. Uh, I haven't been a fan for, of them for a while, this, but I mean, obviously, making it a PG-13 is is a business decision by the studio. Here's the thing: I think it's a business decision to make more money later. I don't think it's a business decision to get more people in the seats in the theaters. I think it's a business decision for them to double dip because what they're going to do is they're going to release a PG-13 version into the theaters and then they're going to release this unrated extended version at home uh, so that people pay for it twice. Uh, gotcha. And that I have an issue with. I wouldn't pay for it twice. No. Here. Because here, it's going to suck, first of all. Here's a confession for, from the guy who went to see Infinity War 10 times. Yeah. I haven't bought it yet. Well, you don't need to. You've seen it 10 <laughs> times. But here's the guy that saw, saw it once in the theater. I did buy it. Right. So yeah. there's yeah, there's two different schools of thought. But there. you're gonna watch it, and I've seen a lot of the uh, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. Yeah. People have released it, yeah. so I don't feel like I've missed out. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. That's an interesting because at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Yep. yep. Which is sad. I know that they're making decisions for that yeah. for the bottom line, but yeah. I think in, it's I think creatively it's it's stifling. And they've looked at okay, what has Marvel done successfully? What were those? You know, you've got Ragnarok, which was PG thirteen, Infinity War, which is PG thirteen, these Black Panther PG. You yeah, know, you've got these comic, relatively violent movies that are Infinity in War that, for sure that are in that. That, that walk that line and they've done extremely well. So they're probably looking at that as a metric and they're like, well, I think it's the same issue that DC had though. I mean, DC's looking at the Marvel, you know, formula and they're picking the wrong things about it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I easily think that if Sony wanted to, they could have made a Venom movie. They could have been R. It could have been true to the character, true to that world. And then maybe, you know, eventually down the line, Marvel could have been like, yeah, it, it is still the same universe. I don't think Marvel is going to have any issue with there being another movie in the universe that's that's R down the road. I think we'll get there eventually. I think there will be something that gets there. Um, I know well, Deadpool. Yeah, but it's not in the same universe at the moment. Yeah. I mean, now they own 20th Century Fox, but... Yeah. The other thing with that is, um, you know, 20th Century Fox took a risk on the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody, Ryan Reynolds. It was a huge risk. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds leaked the test footage. I mean, we, it, it's pretty much confirmed that he did it. And they just the internet blew up for it. They knew there was, and they gave him a short, you know, a small amount of, relatively small amount of money for what they were doing. And then they, they blew it out of the water. 
And then they made the second one, same thing, um, you know, just a little bit more than the first one budget-wise. But, yeah, it you know, it's – to me, it seemed like something that Sony could have risked. Sony could have could have taken a chance on being creative and original in a, in a, in a space, and they're not. They're never creative, and they're never original. And and I can't I can't think of the last time I saw a Sony movie besides Homecoming, but which was barely a Sony movie, that was original, did take chances, and I enjoyed. I can't I can't think of the last one that I saw, and that goes back again to Homecoming is another thing though too is they Sony was in charge of the marketing for that movie. That movie was practically spoiled in the trailers, which Marvel right, yeah. never does. Yeah. So, you know, it's just Spider-Man Homecoming. They they just have no idea what they're doing in that regard. Well, and and Marvel's involvement was a little bit more than it had been in the past. Yeah. As far as Spider-Man is concerned. But I think there's there's a market for that. I think Deadpool's shown that. I think the Deadpool movies have shown that you can can do those kind of movies and that they're going to make money. Just cut the budget down. Well, what Logan... Logan and that's art. another huge example. Logan's one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. Like, again, it's incredible. Fox. Yeah, again. Yeah. Now, I mean, that same argument can be made where Fox isn't taking risks or they are, you know, who knows. But the the Dark Phoenix trailer just dropped a little while ago, mm-hmm. and it just looks like more X-Men. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the X-Men. I'm just yeah. tired. Of, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to see that get refreshed. Right. under Marvel and see, see where it goes. I'm right. just, I'm tired of that cast, that, that storyline as much as I love Michael Fassbender. And I think James McAvoy are great. I'm just over it. I, I've seen enough of it. You know, move well, on. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Like at that time they, they kicked up that whole superhero movie genre. And mm-hmm. it, it made it relevant again. Right. Um, but Marvel took it to another level. Yeah, they did. And, and, and is crushing it. And, and it's got to go to the next level. Yeah. And, and I would say one thing about the Marvel movies, though, is they, they stuck to a formula. Now, as, as different as Infinity War is, it still feels like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. What 20th Century Fox did, and I cannot believe that I'm sitting here praising 20th Century Fox right now, but I am. 20th Century Fox, they took a chance on Deadpool. And Deadpool is not like any other comic book movie in the oh, last 15 years. Right. <laughs> so, and, and then you look at Logan, which just stemmed out of Deadpool. If Deadpool would not have been as successful as it was, Logan would not have been as made the same way that it right. was. It wouldn't have been as dark. Yeah. Sure. And, and I, that would have been just a travesty. And it goes, this goes back to creative stifling, which I think Sony is doing. So that's enough of me bashing on Sony. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not excited to see Venom, but I'm going to see it just because it's a big movie. It's a comic book movie and we're nerds. So, yeah. We're gonna check it out. Um, it'll be here Friday for you us. Can't. And it's hard to criticize something that you haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I guess I can't. I can't do that. I can't say, "Oh, that movie's you, terrible." You, and then, you did want, you see it? You, nah. You want nah. val- <laughs> You want to validate your slam? <laughs> you, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I want more ammunition uh-huh. to say why it's terrible. Yeah. Because I know it's gonna be. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that is that's gonna be a wrap, and we're gonna go check out Venom this week. Zach is super excited. I'm not. And uh, but you can catch us on TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, YouTube coming to Spotify soon. Hopefully, hope. those yep. guys taking forever. Yep. But uh, then we're on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Easy Podcast, and then uh, you can find us on YouTube at the Easy Podcast Show. So, thank you guys. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>